power in the Word of God, isn't there? Yeah, there's so much power. And I said it's, it's living, it's active, it's powerful, it's effective, and it changes lives, it changes situations. I've said it before, it's not the, it's not the preach today, it was just what I came in with today. But um, in my own life, I was going through um, a time where, that, it was actually that specific verse again, where um, it was a very, very ongoing, something that had been going on for months and months and months, um, and then God gave me that verse, and for the, for the entire night, I think I just kept up, well, hours anyway, it would have gone on all evening, just kept on speaking it out, and I could feel things shift again and again and again and again and again, and then the next day, the whole situation turned on its head. It's amazing the power of the Word of God. It's amazing the power of how God's Word can come into our lives and change things that have been going on for ages, and then spin them around, and so get excited. Because God's on the move. God wants to change things around, and that's a good thing. Okay, so great start to the year we've had so far, isn't it? Yeah? It's been very good. Nine baptisms last week. I mean, that was amazing. Hey, that was absolutely fantastic. So absolute pleasure to see those people dedicate over to Jesus their lives to be baptized. That was amazing. For those who don't know, we also had a, a, a fake baptism on the Monday where we had um, uh, St. Mark's come down the road and, uh, to see the baptism tank. But that was great. But thank you so much uh, for everyone who gave up their time to make the baptisms ha- uh, happen. That's Andrew and Suzanne um, for setting it up with Seco and Dean, who I don't think slept much the night before. Uh, for everything that he was doing. So thank you for those guys. And also for Dawn and Warren for filling it on Sunday morning. Can we give those guys a round of applause? It takes a lot of time to get that sorted, but that's good. But it's been really, really, really good start. 16 people so far this year, this year, this calendar year, have given their lives to Jesus. That's mostly first-time salvations. That's amazing. God's doing things in people's lives. So that's a really, really good fantastic thing there. People are seeing the truth of the gospel. They're seeing who Jesus is. Um, and, um, and people are taking that step and embarking on a journey with Jesus, which is great. A, a journey of faith, in fact. So um, we're going we're gonna to have a look. I'm going to start this really in faith um, because it's important that we, we lay that foundation, first of all. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, um, Paul actually talks about that specifically, where he says, we walk by faith and not by sight, or not by feelings, or not by our normal senses. Society these days is a little bit different. Society, oh, really, this is interesting. Society says, my feelings are my truth. Have you heard that yet? Yes, if you're shaking your head, that's a good thing, believe me. My feelings are my truth. It's almost like we're kind of like carving out our own realities now in society, which is it's not the case for Christians, because as Christians, the word of God is the truth. Amen? Yeah? And that's really important. We can't carve out our own realities. We can't do that. We can only see the reality of what God has actually given us. And that's important. And we need to see things through God's eyes, because that is fundamentally the truth with this. Because sometimes we can't always feel or see what is true. Do you agree with that? So our feelings aren't always a good barometer of what's actually taking place here. Um, Faith is believing in God. It's his word, despite the lack of evidence in the natural. There's a mobile phone here right now that I've got in my pocket. Now, are the mobile phone signals in this room, do you think? You don't need to think about that. (laughs) 
not blocked. It's not one of them very clever train things. Is there other, are there mobile phone signals? Yes, there are, we hope. Anyway, I'm hoping for the purpose of this illustration. Now, when I look at my, I know what's the evidence, first of all. I do look at you a lot, don't I? I don't know if you're one of them naughty children at the back. Madsec, what's the evidence that there's a, there's a mobile phone signal? Well, yeah, I mean, predominantly, predominantly, I don't even need to ring anybody because there are these little bars here that tell me if there's a mobile phone signal. That's evidence enough for me that there are these invisible things that are going through the room, all right? That's faith on one level, if you like it, but, um, but that's how these things work. So that's my evidence that my phone works, or it will at least do that. Someone's going to call me then, can't they? Um, but there you go. So, you, yeah, that's how it works. Then we're going to look today at the new heart that we receive as we become a Christian, because it's really important that we grab hold of this. Faith in itself holds on to that which God says. Faith trusts, faith believes. Faith is it's like having an extra sense in many respects. It shows us what is real. Even when our natural senses say, no, it's not, faith says it is. And it, faith keeps coming back to what the word of God says. And it distinguishes the truth from the lies that we can easily allow ourselves to get swamped by. So as we look at the new heart, we were going to look at that which God has given us at rebirth because a true revelation, a true revelation of who we really are, a true revelation of this new heart that we've been given here, uh, well, it brings a fresh freedom. It brings a peace into our lives that God wants us to enjoy. God wants us to have this incredible clarity, this incredible joy, and it comes as we believe in who we truly are a lot of the time. And so as we look at this and say, well, this is how he's made us. Often, when we talk of the gospel, we will only mention, we kind of like stop halfway a lot of the time, and I get why. We will say how Jesus has died for our sins and died for your sins, and he's, he's, he's allowed us a, a relationship with God. He's washed us clean. He's cleansed us from all our sins, and, and we've got forgiveness, and we've been given an eternal relationship with him. And that's true. That's absolutely true, and it's fantastic truth. It's a fantastic message. But it's only part of the gospel. The gospel also is part of the miraculous work that God has done inside of each and every believer. It's also the miraculous heart transformation that takes place. And if we look at Ezekiel 36, which takes place well before Jesus comes along, he prophesies into what this is going to look like. So he says the following, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So, Mora, there's your word straight off the bat. Yes? Okay? Hearing very well. I will... Put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So this is something that's been prophesied. It's, a, it's like, this is what's going to happen. This is what God's going to do. And it's an incredible, an incredible look at what actually takes place at transformation. If we fast forward into the New Testament, Paul puts it like this. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. If anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. All things have passed away. 
Behold, all things have become new. If you are an old Christian, you will know the song. And if you're not, you won't. And you'd be grateful for that, maybe. But, <laughs> but there we are. So what does it mean? What does this new heart look like? How, how does it look? How does it operate? Um, because it's a, an interesting question. If I've been given a new heart, I want to know what a bit about that. Yeah? Something's changed on the inside, so I need to know. And fundamentally, it means we're rewired on the inside. Okay, so you can picture it like that. You've been rewired. Now, now you're a believer. Now you've become, if you are a believer here, you've become rewired on the inside. You've got a new spiritual DNA. Our heart has new desires. Our heart has pure desires. Okay? Or purer desires than they used to be. And Christ lives in us. And he empowers us to live a life of freedom and a life of holiness. So the point of becoming a Christian is not the end goal, it's just the start of it, really. Because at that point then, you are birthed into something brand new, something exciting, something fresh, something where you are free to live a life where you can pursue things and pursue the lifestyle, in fact, which God has called us into. But you might not always feel like doing the right thing. Am I right? Really? That's terrible. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? I mean, how many times do you know that being patient is the right thing to do, but really, you really don't want to be patient? Dean, can you relate to that? Yeah. <laughs> there are times sometimes when we know what the right thing to do is, but we really struggle with doing the right thing. We're finding that a little bit harder. But a person who has a new heart is a new creation. And the more we come back to recognizing this, the more we will live it out. And so it's essential that we know who we are and how we've been designed in order to live out that lifestyle. If you think right now that you're just an unrighteous person who's really struggling to be good all the time, then we continue to live out that kind of design. But if you recognize already you are a righteous person, you've got a gift of righteousness, that's in Romans, you've been given and gifted righteousness, then you can live out righteously. You have got righteous desires now on the inside of you. And that is really, really important. There was a, uh, when I first became a Christian, I used to swear like a trooper. And you've heard me say this lots of times, but it just left my language. I didn't want to do it anymore. That was what happened. It wasn't like I knew I shouldn't. I didn't want to. Desires start to change. And, and this is a really important part. You've been rewired. So the things start shifting. Now, your own experiences will have been different. But you, when you become a Christian, you'll notice that certain desires start to shift around, start to move around. Um, I'm going to go into Colossians 3. And um, Colossians 3 is wonderful because basically um, it, it gives you a whole batch of stuff that is of the old man and a whole batch of stuff which is of the new man or the old self and the new self, or the old Keith and the new Keith, as you were saying last week, yes? All right, this, you can do a lot of learning here. What was the old Keith like, and what's the new Keith supposed to look like? All right, are you ready? <laughs> right then, okay. So he says the following, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. This is the old Keith, the old man, the old everybody. All right, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the, in the life you once lived. 
But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. And I'm going to leave it there for now. But we've taken off your old self. All right, so all of the, that list there, I don't know if you can read it, it's quite, it's quite small, but it's quite a long and lengthy list. And it's, you'll find it all over the place. That is what you used to live like. That is what your heart was designed like. I'm sorry, but everyone's born into sin, and everyone has a default to want to sin. Okay? I don't know if you knew that, but that's, that's the reality of how we're first born. But when we're born again, there's a rewiring that takes place. And we're not wired like that anymore. Does that make sense? You've got a rewiring job going on. It's exciting. It's, it's, I think it's exciting anyway. So, so previously our heart would have been full of this. But the old self has gone and the new self is now here. And so Colossians 3.12 then jumps in straight away. Are you excited about this? Yeah. The new self kicks straight in. And, and so basically these are your new desires. But you've got to, we've got to start looking at these new desires as being this is how we now are. Okay? Because it's very easy to... Let's get, let's get this sorted. It's very easy to look at this as a list of rules. You with me on this? And that's the wrong way around of thinking. If I look at this and go, oh, I need to be kind, I need to be compassionate, I need to be humble, I need to be gentle, and, and I need to do all of those things, then that's the wrong way around of thinking. Okay? I know, yes, it's good to do those things, but if it's a rules-based system that we start to adopt, then we're in dangerous water because we've literally just adopted a legalistic system of Christianity. We may have been saved by grace, but now we're trying to work out uh, uh, the rest of it by trying really hard to be good. It's not about the doing. It's about knowing who we now are and letting that just naturally come out. So, you are now a compassionate person. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. You might not feel it all the time, but you are, that's who you are. You are a kind person. That You have kind desires. You have a kind heart. You have been given a new heart. So you have a kind heart. You have a humble heart. You have a gentle heart. These are the things that have been put inside of you as a heart. These are your, this is part of your new heart. Are we, is this making sense? And the more we see that, the more you'll live it out. So it's coming back to it again and again. This is who I now am. So I'm naturally, almost accidentally, going to be living that out, rather than, oh, what, what's the rules, what's the rules, what's the rules? It's never about what's the rules. It's always about understanding God. It's a relationship with Jesus and knowing that. And that there then brings everything into a wonderful, wonderful freedom. Um, you're, you're a forgiving person. That's good, isn't it? Some of you don't like that. <laughs> You're a forgiving, you have a heart that wants to forgive. Did you know that? Yeah, that's who you are. That's how you've been rewired. You have a heart that desires to forgive. Okay, do you know what? If I was a teacher now, I'd get rid of that there and I'd say, I'd say right, what have you just learned? <laughs> no, we ain't got the time. I'll leave it, I'll leave it. But there we are. Um, so those are the things. So that's in Colossians 3, 12 through to 14. It's all about the new self, the characteristics. If you've got some translations, it will say characteristics of the new man. And it will go through all of the things that we are now 
designed to do. And I love it because he says, old man, new man. It's all basically comparing it over. And it looks like it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful piece. Of, it's a wonderful chapter that I, I come back to. Um, have you ever heard anybody say, you've got to be true to yourself? Yeah? yeah? It's getting quite popular in Disney films, I'm finding. You've got to be true to yourself, yeah? <laughs> you've got to be true to yourself. Right, I don't know. Elsa, you must be true to yourself. So, um, there's a lot of it now. It's going around. You've got to be true to yourself. And what does it mean? What does it mean if someone says you've got to be true to yourself? Do you know? I'd like to know, because I haven't got a clue what they're talking about. What does, it, what does it actually mean? You're all like, oh, I don't know. You just accept it as being like a good Disney kind of thing. No? All oh, right, that's nice. Don't try to be something you're not. Okay, well, go, go along with that, definitely. Yeah, try, don't try to be something that you're not. Um, that's good. I, often, I've seen it in TV, film, and all the rest of it as an excuse to do whatever you feel like doing. Yeah? Do you know what I mean? You've got to be true to yourself. Ooh, really? Well, I feel like doing this, or I feel like doing what? Well, that's fine, then. That's absolutely fine. You've got to be true to yourself. Um, so whatever your feelings are dictating at the time, then you've got to be true to yourself. And if your feelings are telling you, I'm not going to name it, you can put something else on the end of that sentence, then that's it. I like the, I like the question. You do have to be true to yourself. Absolutely, you have to be true to yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. But who are you? That's the question, isn't it? Really, when you get down to it, it's not, you're not your feelings. We've already established that. You are a child of God. You are loved by God, but who desires to live out a life of love for God. That's who you are. So if someone says to you, you've got to be true to yourself, say absolutely, because that's what I am. Yes, somebody who's loved by God and someone who desires to live out a life for God. Okay? So, your pastor's telling me, you, telling you right now, you're going to be true to yourself. Absolutely, go for it. Go out and be true to the person that God has created you to be. And that there is essential. It's a journey, and it's your direction. And really, our minds need to catch up to the change. I always think it's there. Your heart's been changed. Sometimes my mind doesn't always get there straight away. And it needs to do a catch-up program. And, and so, I'm not always with that. But... It happens through discovery as we read the word. As we read the word and get the word inside of us, then more and more and more we get a really good understanding of how he's designed us to be. James chapter 1 verse 22 puts it like this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, it says in some translations, glancing at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, a word that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Mirror, mirrors are important. I used to be bald, I used to have hair. Loads of it. Absolutely, it was brilliant. I used to love that. Absolutely, absolutely, I was like a lion up here. It was great. And, and as of such, I used to have to look in the mirror a lot just to make sure that my, anyone do that? Everyone look in the mirror more than twice a day here? No. You only look in the mirror twice a day. 
There's either a lot of liars in this room or you're really, really humble people. <laughs> no one looks in the, mirror, in the mirror more than twice a day. Well, possibly. Right. Okay, that's fair enough. I, I must have been then. I'm, okay, fair enough. Fair play to you then. If you, if you don't look in the mirror more than twice a day, that's fine. Uh, I used to look in the mirror loads um, because my hair would go all over the place because it was so much of it. At the time, you can't believe it, probably. I didn't always look like this. And um, I have got photographic evidence somewhere. Um, so, and so every time I was like in front of a mirror or using the bathroom, whatever, I'd be just like, oh, my hair's a mess again, and I'd, I'd try and get it right. Now, in my mind, now I'm bald, I don't do it. Now I'm bald, I don't look in the mirror at all. So it's a real time saver, actually. <laughs> I don't have to do this. But because I don't look in the mirror that much, sometimes I think I've got loads of hair. It's just, it's just this thing in my head that I'm going around going, dee, 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 dee. oh, man, it's not there, is it? <laughs> Just because, like, for the first 30 years, I had loads of hair. So I just, I oh, don't know, man, I've just lost all my hair. Um, or sometimes it's the shock. You know, well, God, who's that? <laughs> I've not looked in the mirror for a while. Who's this guy staring back at me? So, so when we don't look in the mirror much, very, I mean, this is obviously my experience. You guys obviously look in the mirror more than me. But when you don't look in the mirror, you don't need to look in the mirror that much, then sometimes you forget. The point is, the point is that... The word of God here is, is shining the reality of who you are. That's what it's saying here. It's, it's exposing to you the reality of life, the reality of God. It's showing to you what reality really looks like and also the reality of who we are. Okay? So as we go into this here, immediately forgets what he looks like. Immediately forgets who we are. We can immediately forget that very, very quickly and think we are just wired as we always used to be wired. Amen? Yeah? And it's obviously not the truth. We need, coming back to the word, coming back to your mirror, as much as you want, yes, here's my advice. Look in the mirror more. Okay? That might help. Okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying there. But there we go. But it'll help us live out that life of freedom that we're called to again and again. And it's important. Because our feelings, I'll come back to it again, our feelings don't always tell us the truth. But don't we listen to them a lot? Do you listen to your feelings? I mean, it's, it's natural to do that. You know, my feelings are telling me this today. My feelings are telling me that I can't be bothered today. I'm just, oh, do I have to? Do I have to do this? And, you feel, and it's easy to be dictated to by your feelings. I've gone through this um, experience many times where I've gone to pray and I've just not, I just don't feel it. Does anyone else gauge that? You know, I'm like, oh, God, you know, a real slog to pray today, a real slog to really engage with. With, with prayer. And there's a verse that's really breathed freedom into my prayer life, which is Galatians 4, verse 6. And I'm just going to share it with you now. It says this, And because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba Father. Now, a little bit of teaching. Abba Father literally means, well, as best as I can explain it, a, an intimate relationship with your Father God at this particular point. All right, so that's what he's saying. So if I was to paraphrase this, there is a spirit in us now. We are empowered with a desire and a new power. But I'm going to focus on the desire. We, we have got a desire in us right now. Every single one of you have got desire in you for an intimate relationship with God. That's inside of us. 
right now. Now, you might not feel it. You might be there going, well, I ain't feeling nothing about that. I don't want to pray. I don't want to worship. I don't want to do those things. But inside of every single believer, whether you feel it or not, that's inside, that's going on. There's a spirit prompting and prompting and prompting and prompting. It says in some translations, crying out, saying, I want to be closer to God. I want that intimacy with Jesus. I want that intimacy. I want that. And when we dampen that down by not listening to it, by whatever we do, or by forgetting about it, then we live at what I would say is a substandard level of satisfaction. Is that fair? Do you know what I mean? I'm not satisfied with life. I get grumpier. I get um, less patient with people. Yeah, it just happens. But when I listen to this, when I listen, and, and a lot of the time what I would do with that, and many times I've come back to it, I've gone, I'm not feeling like praying. Ah, but hang on. There is a spirit in me that yearns for a passionate relationship with Jesus. Now, I might not go, woo, immediately I'm, I'm there. But I'll just keep on bringing it back to mind. I'll speak it out. Faith comes by hearing. And as I speak it out and I do that, I, in, the, in the end, my feelings can calibrate then with what, what's going on. It doesn't matter if they don't. Yes, we're not after a feelings-based Christianity. But know what you are wired like. Know how you are, because that there is the truth. Whether we feel like it or not, that is the truth. And it's important that we have got an understanding of that. That's on, on the relationship. We've been talking about our walk with God and how we desire to walk with Jesus. But that there is, is banging to our relationship with him. And that's really where we start, don't we? We start in our relationship. And so you do desire God. You do desire intimacy. You do desire to walk with him in a very, very, very powerful way. And it is really, 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 really your... And mine, most treasured, treasured, treasured part of Christianity is that relationship with him. Amen? Yeah, it's, it's what we say. If you say, well, we, we don't, you know, if people say, I don't like religion, if you come back with, well, I don't either, I have a relationship, I have a relationship. Well, that's a great answer. But then we need to also marry that up with, well, let's make sure that we are living that relationship in its fullness, in its absolute fullness. Okay, so um, patience. Sorry, desire on its own is not good enough, though. If I if I let you go now, I'm, I'm letting you out on a. You might be happy that the sermon's finished early, <laughs> but if I let you go now, then I'm I'm not giving you the full deal on this. Ezekiel, and if we go back to, I don't know if Ezekiel comes straight back on this. Ezekiel didn't just say a new heart, did he? He said what? New spirit. I will put my spirit in you. So it's a new desires and it's a new power to walk with God. And if I just leave you with, hey, look at this. You've got new desires. Now, that's great. Then you'll go, well, I'm not feeling nothing. And in the end, we'll be worse than we started. We've got a new spirit in us. We've got the Holy Spirit in us to empower us to live for Jesus, to empower us to live in that way. Galatians 5, verse 16. If you want to, if you ever want to get into a book which is all about, it's a good book actually. It's about um, how a church has gone into legalistic thinking almost immediately after getting saved. Paul's really mean to this church in his writings. He says, Grace and peace to you, like he does to everyone, and then he just goes for them um, right from the start. There's no kind of like pleasantries after that. Uh, but Galatians is all about freedom in Christ, it's all about spirit of Christ. 
and how we can live empowered to the gospel, leaning on Jesus, leaning on the Holy Spirit, rather than trying it by ourselves. So Galatians 5.16 says, I say, let the Holy Spirit, let, what a great word, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So, yes, you have a new desire, but empowered by the Holy Spirit, that's how we are to live it out. And that is a trusting in him. It's, I let you, God, into my life. I let you empower my life. I let you take control. I let you go forward and live in that way that you know is best for me. There's a, there's a line that I love to pray, um, which is two verses crunched together. Now, we won't go into that too much, but I, it's this. God, I cannot, but by your spirit in me, I can. Yeah? Because that's what it is. It's John 15, 5 and Philippians 4, 13 pushed together. But it's what it is. Jesus said, apart from you, apart from me, you can do nothing. But Philippians 4, 13 says, by, by the Christ who strengthens you, you can do all things. So it's one of those things where you need, we need to understand it's with Christ in us. It's by the power of Jesus in us that these things happen. And it's by leaning back on him. I cannot, but by your spirit in me, I can. The Christian life is not trying to be good. It's not trying to do good. It's trusting in God's Holy Spirit in us to be everything we need. Yes, you've got a heart that desires to do good. You've got a heart that desires it. Yes, you've been rewired. But there's a power in there as well that we are to rely on and rely on and rely on because it's not about being worn out trying to do good. And it never has been. And this has a, an implication to our outreach, to mission, and, and, all, and everything that we stand with within, with uh, intensely building community. Because, well, let's ask a question. What was the last command that Jesus gave his disciples? To make disciples. Yes, make disciples. Very good. Well done. To make disciples. That was the last command before he ascended into heaven. Okay. So that's, that's basically the most important thing to Jesus, really. If you're going to think, right, this is my last sermon. What am I going to say? These are my last words before I'm going, I'm going in one minute. What's, my, what's the last thing? What's my last line? It's going to be a killer line. It's going to be a good line. Yeah, make disciples. All right, that's it. That was his last command before he ascends into heaven. So that's the last thing that they go away thinking, well, we're going to make disciples. And that's, that's a key, key, key moment. But the great news is, We've been rewired in that way as well. You have a heart to make disciples. Amen? Yeah? You have a heart to tell others about Jesus. You have a heart inside. You're rewired to let people know the good news about Jesus. Yeah? To make a difference in our communities. To make a difference with the light of the good news of Jesus. And to let people know about him in whatever way is appropriate and relevant in their situation. Yep, to transform people and transform people's lives, demonstrate the goodness and the love of God in people's hearts and homes, and to make him known. Amen? Yeah, so that's good. And he's given us the power, again, to do those things. So it's very, very, very important. Okay, so very briefly, before I ask the band, in fact, the band can come back up now if they wish to do so. I mean, you know, if you wish to do so, it seems quite relaxed, doesn't it? Yeah, it would be nice if you would. Um, I would say, um, for a, from an application point of view, 
more than anything, look in the mirror would be my thing to go away with here. Keep coming back to the word to work out who we are, to work out the way we're designed, to work out the way that God has created us to be. Living according to our new self is being true to ourselves. Living according to the new person that Jesus has made us to be is what will bring us the greatest joy in our lives. And that there is absolutely crucial. Jesus died for our sins, absolutely. And really, I will finish with this. He died that our sins could be forgiven and we could enjoy an eternal relationship with God forever. And it's a relationship that brings a new peace and a new hope and a new joy into our lives. And in a moment, I will pray. And you may find yourself in one of the following three categories. And I will do this again. I've been doing this the last few weeks um, because God's put this on my heart. So can I have every head bowed, please, in the, the room um, and we will just speak out these three particular categories. So the first one is that you don't know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, that you've never been a Christian, and you'd like to make this day to day when you begin your relationship with him. So that's number one. The second category is that you used to walk with Jesus and you'd like to reconnect with him today. You'd like to redevote your life to Jesus today. And the third category is that you're not sure of your salvation. You're not sure that at the end of your life, you will be going to heaven. And you desire the certainty that Jesus offers. Now, if you relate to any of those three, then please pray along with me now and repeat these words out of your own heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. And that you rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing. And to receive me as your child. I commit my life to you now. Amen.